Welcome to the Fit for More podcast. I'm your host, Ben Reed. I'm a follower of Jesus, a pastor, husband, father, and fitness enthusiast. At Flight, we're passionate about two things, faith and fitness. More specifically, we wanna help connect those two areas in your life, helping you live a lifestyle of full health and wellness while strengthening and equipping you to be fit for more through topics on faith, fitness, wellness, nutrition, and more. Hey guys, wanted to put just a quick pause on season two of the podcast. Um, I mean, it's not that we think that's completely irrelevant. Uh, It's always a great time to build spiritual muscle. Um, And we'll kick back into that next episode. But, you know, there's just, there's times in our lives where a thing feels like uh, everything has changed. And this feels like one of those. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, my son and I were in New York City and we were doing everything. Um, when my, our kids turn 10, we take them anywhere they want to um, in the United States. When they turn 15, we take them anywhere they want to uh, internationally. We just want to you know, take a chance to expose our kids to the world and traveling and, and what the rest of the world looks like and operates like. And you know, two weeks ago when we were there, we could do anything we wanted. We, went, uh, we were cautious. We weren't dumb about it because uh, the coronavirus was a real thing, but we went into the museums and we went into libraries and we went on the subway and uh, we operated cautiously, but almost to an extent like life was normal. But it feels like since then, uh, life has changed. Life has shifted drastically. And I think all of us are trying to operate under this new normal. Uh, and because of that, we just wanted to take just one episode and, and kind of focus on what our response should look like. Um, as, as we're trying to navigate this from a spiritual standpoint, um, what does it look like? Now you're being inundated with all kinds of ways to physically respond. And I would say, um, listen to those within reason. Um, but we're going to try to take a little different angle and say, how can we, and how could we respond at a spiritual level, both in our lives and in the lives of others, as we are leaders in our communities and leaders in our homes and leaders in, um, our gyms and leaders with our neighbors. What does it look like to have a spiritual response to this? So um, I've got a couple of of passages that I want to read to you that uh, I think will help you kind of process this and process your response to it. And then uh, got a few steps that you can take um, as you are uh, in your own home, because you're probably not leaving your home for very much right now. Um, Just some steps that you can take, uh, very practical things. So let me, uh, let me read this passage for you. If you've got your Bible, uh, you can follow along with me, or if you've got your Bible app, whatever it is, or you can just listen and just kind of soak it in for just a few minutes. This is from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 3 and reading through verse 7. Paul says this, he says, I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Um, let me pause there. Uh, I think that's kind of interesting, isn't it, that we read that Paul remembers people through prayers. He constantly remembers them. And so I would just say, this has nothing to do with this current state of battling the coronavirus that we're in. Um, But it's really, if God causes people to pop into your mind, maybe that should be a, an urging that you should listen to and you should take a moment to pray for them. So we'll keep reading here. Paul says, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I think in the coming days, we're probably going to long to see our friends and family um, face to face because they bring us joy. Verse five, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded 
now lives in you also. For this reason, so for this reason, it's because of your faith. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands, which, uh, let me pause again, uh, is something, it's a funny verse to read now when we're in the season of, you got to wash your hands for 20 seconds, don't shake hands, don't give high fives. Uh, and Paul is saying, hey, the way I want to uh, fan this flame in uh, of God into you is by the laying on of hands. Uh, we're not going to do that, but I think there's ways that we can do that spiritually. Verse seven, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join me, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. What I really want to focus on in, in this passage is verse seven. Um, it says, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Um, other translations, I love those as well. Uh, they would say, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind or self-discipline. Now, specifically in this context, Paul was referring to believers who were under persecution and suffering for the sake of the gospel. Uh, so it's a little different context than we find ourselves in, but I think there's some principles here that we can uh, learn from. And and really what we want to look at is, because we're in a season where media, social media, everything around us is driving us towards our fear. Um, in our flesh, we're driven towards our fear. And what I want to um, really help us as a community be categorized is by our faith, not by our fear. Because um, our faith is much greater than our fear. That's what we see here. It doesn't say that our fear isn't valid. It doesn't say you're ridiculous for being afraid or or um, that hey, what you're looking at, you shouldn't even be afraid um, by it. I mean, it doesn't. It also doesn't say that we shouldn't do what we can. We should be wise. We should listen to those things when they say, "Wash your hands, um, give yourself social distancing, be careful." We should listen to those things. Be wise. But what we don't want to be is we don't want to be dominated by our fear. We want to be dominated by faith. That's what we see here. The spirit God gave us doesn't make us timid, but it gives us power and love and self-discipline. That's it's love from God to us. And that's also love from us to one another. And we don't shrink back in our fear and listen to our fear and be dominated by our fear. Instead, we are driven by and we are dominated by our faith. It causes us to think differently and act differently. That's the thing that drives us, not our fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power through his Holy Spirit. So here's five quick things that we can do. If we're going to be um, not driven by our fear, but driven by our faith. What does that maybe look like? Um, so here we go. Here's five things that we can be doing in this season where we're maybe confined to our homes, confined to our homes and our job, and we can't get out and about. Um, here's five things that we can be doing. One, keep working out. Now you're probably gonna have to stay away from your gym if that's what you that's how you normally work out because uh, it looks like the federal government has said we should stay away from those environments. Maybe in your community uh, that's still acceptable. Um, I know in my community gyms left and right are are closing down. Um, so maybe stay away from your gym. I would say side note, um, continue to support them if you can financially because. Um, if they can weather this time, then you're going to have a gym that you can go to uh, when this is all done. 
But, you know, however it is that you can work out, find a way to do that. Be active. Um, and if that's running or biking or whatever, um, try to stay active in this time because the healthier you are, the better that you will be, the healthier physically you'll be able to be to fight this, this um, virus off, which will keep you safe, which is great, but it will also keep others who are in your life safe. Because if you can avoid the virus, other people in your life are going to be able to avoid the virus as well. Um, so keep working out even on, on times where you have to avoid your gym or you have to avoid the court or you have to avoid the field. Um, you may have to stay away from your physical gym, but find ways to work out so that you can stay physically healthy. Um, along those same lines, number two, eat well. Um, and I realize that they may be a challenge because maybe your grocery stores, just like mine, are out of things that you would normally buy. But as much as you can, eat well. Um, and, and now is the time, let me say, this is not a rolling advertisement, I promise. Um, that is not what this is. But um, this is a great time to stock up on Vita and Life and Reds, the products that we at Flight carry. Go online, find those products, and have plenty of them um, on hand because you're probably, <laughs> excuse me, you're probably not going to be able to get the same type of nutrition that you normally would. You're not going to have access to it, unfortunately. So now is the time to say, how can I supplement that through some really great supplements? Um, so pick those up at flight. Um, I have them and love them. And they're a great uh, supplement when I can get all of my nutrition. They're even more of a vital supplement when I can't get the type of nutrition <clears throat> that I would normally have. Keep working out, eat well. And then the third thing is pray. Pray for your local leaders. They're making decisions that impact you directly, um, that impact you directly today. Uh, so I would say, take a moment to pray for your local leaders. Take a moment to pray for your national leaders. They're starting to set the stage for um, policies and procedures that will affect us today and tomorrow and for the next couple months, and potentially for the rest of our lives. So pray for them. They need your prayers. Um, state leaders, national leaders, and this is not a political statement, um, but they need your prayers now maybe more than ever. Um, pray for your pastor, whoever your pastor or your pastoral teams are. Um, they're on the front lines of ministry right now. Um, I know I'm a pastor, and that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm, on, I'm in phone calls and in meetings all day long, trying to think how can we best care for the people in our community from a physical standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint. And we pastors need your prayers. Pray for your neighbors. Uh, and whether those neighbors are your physical neighbors, like the people who live in houses beside you, who live in the apartment beside you, who live in the condos beside you, or if those are your neighbors, like your coworkers, um, and the people you work out with and the people that you see on a consistent basis, pray for them. Even when you don't see them as often because they're confined to their homes, they're confined to their apartments, um, they need your prayers to stay safe, to stay, stay healthy, to um, Lord willing to, to keep their jobs. And I would say say, that, say the same types of prayers for your family, for those who are closest to you. And whether that's your physical blood family or if it's those that you would just say, these are... These are the people that I'm closest to in life. You're not going to see them as often. Don't forget to pray for them. Keep working out. Eat well. Pray. And the fourth thing is spread hope. Don't spread fear. Don't add to the hysteria that we all see online. But be a steady, courageous follower of Jesus. Look, we know where our hope is found. It's found in Jesus. It's not going to be found in somehow avoiding the coronavirus. Um, 
We all hope that we avoid that and we should take measures to to keep ourselves safe, but that's not where our hope is found. So don't be of the people who are are um continuing to spread fear and to spread chaos. Uh, instead, spread hope. Because we know where hope is found. See, it's possible to make an idol out of health. And it's even possible to make an idol out of keeping away from sickness. It's so easy for this to dominate everything that we do and everything that we are. Don't make it worse for others by spreading fear. Instead, spread hope. See, so much of what you spread is going to influence people. It's going to influence you, but it's also going to influence people around you, which leads to my last point, five, stop the news consumption. Or maybe better said, just limit yourself. Um, It'll help you from spiraling and cycling downwards towards fear and insecurity. So be careful what you allow into your mind what you allow into your brain, because what you allow in does influence how you think. It does influence how you act and how you structure your life. So if you go back and combine four and five, be people that spread hope, not fear, and be careful that you don't only consume things that uh, fan into flame fear. To go back to the verse that we said, for the spirit of God gave, uh, the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, does not make us fearful, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So be people that, like verse 6 says, be people that fan into flame the gift of God in your own life and in the lives of others. This uh, next passage that I'm going to read for you feels so perfect for us right now. Um, If you got your Bibles now, flip um, over to the book of John. I'm going to read just a few verses for you. John, starting uh, in chapter 4, verse 35. We're going to read 35 to 41. Let me just read it for you. Um, listen to this. Soak it in as, as I read it. That day when evening came, he, that's Jesus, said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And a furious squall or a furious storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Okay, so that's the end of verse 41. Think about how cool it would be to hang out on a boat with Jesus. I mean, it'd be amazing. And then suddenly things change and the storm comes alive and the disciples are left completely unprepared. They're panicky. This is chaotic. The waves are coming over the edge of the boat and they feel like they might die. And what's Jesus doing? I mean, it almost feels irresponsible because he's sleeping. Like, how ridiculous is this? There's a storm that's come up and it's about to take over the boat. It's about to flip over the boat and Jesus is asleep on a cushion. And what do the disciples do? They reacted to their situation and they allowed their situation to determine their reaction. And Jesus calms the storm. And then he asks them why they're so afraid. And if it were me, I would have said, because I'm about to die, Jesus. That's why I'm so afraid. Then Jesus gently rebukes them because of their lack of faith. And it wasn't that they didn't believe Jesus could save them from the storm. They just couldn't possibly see how Jesus would see them through it. 
and they took their eyes off of Jesus and they put their eyes on their situation. And when you find yourself in a situation that you didn't see coming, like this coronavirus, especially one that you can't control at all, you can do one of two things. You can fix your eyes on your circumstances or you can fix your eyes on Jesus. And you'll find that the raging fierce storms that you're facing, which are legitimate and are scary and could sink you, you'll find that they're not nearly as strong as your Savior who can calm the waves and who is choosing. This is crazy. Jesus would have known that this storm is coming. See, when you choose to fix your eyes on Jesus, the one who is choosing to get in the boat with you in the middle of your storm, when you fix your eyes on him, you'll find hope. And you'll find that, yes, Jesus could calm the storms, but what he's choosing to do is he's going to choose to be with you through it. The disciples took their eyes off Jesus, and when they did, they put their eyes on their situation, and they allowed that to dictate their response instead of allowing Jesus to dictate their response. Don't be overwhelmed by life. Don't be overwhelmed by the storm. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the one that's with you right in the middle of it. And may we be people who bring hope, who bring life, who bring peace, because we've got our eyes on our Savior, the Prince of Peace, the one who's in us, in the boat, with us right in the middle of our storm. Thank you for joining us on the Fit for More podcast. Make sure to visit us at flightsport.com and connect with us on all social media platforms at flightsport. That's F-L-Y-T-E-S-P-O-R-T. Looking forward to being with you again next episode.